before we record like the podcast, yeah. I found out, get this, that Jess watches films at 1.25 speed sometimes. What? Yeah, I know. I know. Wait, as in like she- with the sound and everything? Yes. So she told me yesterday and I told her that this was completely unacceptable. And then she was like, well, she's like, sometimes I just don't have time. What? <laughs> I know. That's not an excuse. I know. If you it's don't have the time, <laughs> don't watch the film. <laughs> Unbelievable. It is. Um, so I think we're at that stage where I have to really reevaluate my friendship with some people. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry, Jess, but you dug your own grave. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Man in Motion podcast. Uh, I'm here once again with Bri. Hey, Gowan. Hello. Good, good. Hi, and uh, hi. That sounded so unlike me. <laughs> it did. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, today we're going to look back on... It's only a month into the year, but we're going to look back on what we've watched so far this year for the first time. Um, doesn't have to have come out this year because not much has come out this year yet. Mm. Um, so we're just going to look back on some of the films we've watched this year and we're going to each pick three films that we've liked and three films that have disappointed us. So this should be good. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, I don't mind. Okay. I'm happy for you. Do you want to, do you want to pick a negative or a positive first? I'm going to start with the negative of course to you balance are. out to to balance out the laughing. Oh, so no. now, <laughs> God damn it! Stop oh. laughing. <laughs> okay, I'm actually very excited to talk about this negative. Okay, so um, Spencer actually is my negative. <gasps> I haven't seen it yet. I know. Oh, um, no. and honestly, don't watch it. So no, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna have. To- I have to watch it. Okay, sure, fine. But you will be disappointed. I just know you will. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to just start off with something positive about the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate the costume in this film. So they did a 10 out of 10 job in, in that aspect. They really nailed um, Diana's wardrobe. And there were just some scenes that, honestly, like like costume is something that I look at. And this film was very good with that. Yeah. So now diving into the criticisms of this film, there were two main criticisms, sorry, three criticisms that I had. One, I just felt like the dialogue explained all the metaphors in the film. There was nothing left to the imagination. Mm. Like there was this one particular scene where um, Diana, and I'm not giving any spoilers away. She's just kind of like eating food in a fridge. Oh, like it's a big fridge where you can walk into, right? right it's, okay. it's at night time. Okay. And, um, you know, like she is kind of portrayed as like an insect, right? So we're kind of seeing her through the eyes of the royals. Um, and we can, we get that, like we can see that, right? And so, so what the director does is explains that through her dialogue. She's oh, no. just like, I'm like an insect. Oh, to oh, no. <laughs> and I'm just like, you don't. Stop! God! <laughs> Just put in my Michael Scott voice. Um, no, God, no. <laughs> like, it, it's... It, it really, really is such a... It, 
there's not nothing indirect in the film. So a lot of expo- um, expositional rubbish correct. that we usually That's see it, today. Correct. Exactly. And it was really, really disappointing because I feel like Diana's story is one um, that needs to be left open for us to interpret in our own way. Mm. Do you know, like, because I feel that films that are like that are often some of the more important films. And when you kind of like, this is A, this is B, this is C, it just completely takes away um like from the viewer's experience yeah. of um, enjoying the film as an intellectual challenge. Yeah. So that was a huge letdown for me, and I was honestly getting so bored. <laughs> um, the other problem with this film is, um, so if you watch interviews with Diana, yeah, she is not as animated. Okay, she's she's not like a super expressive individual. She has this very quiet. Um, these quiet mannerisms and this very humble um, mannerism. But when I was watching um, Spencer, I feel that sometimes Kristen Stewart like overplays the role. Right. Do you know, I feel that that she adds um, her own twist to Princess Diana and sometimes it comes across as unnatural or forced and not organic. And I understand that every actress and actor should be doing that but when you're actually playing like a real life character i think it's really important to literally act as they are to the t where possible yeah and so there were just too much like flashbacks to twilight kristen stewart for me when i was watching this okay so um have you watched twilight bray (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) have you not no (laughs) okay well Okay. I thought okay, I thought before... you like cinema, bro. I thought you don't like the <laughs> what do you call it? Macca's Macca's movies? Is that what you call it? Okay, before you like <laughs> sentence me to death, because I know that's what you're thinking, I was sixteen years old. That's old okay. enough to know better. No, I was I was very into the to the, the Twilight saga as a teen, okay? Unbelievable. I even read the books. Oh I was my like, God. oh my god. They're vampires and they shine. Oh my god! <laughs> By the way, if you want to watch a good uh, vampire movie, watch What We Do in the Shadows. That's that's hilarious. Oh, I've never heard of that. It's a Taika Waititi film. Okay, I will. Yeah. I will definitely add that to the list. Right. I've been happy with your recommendations so far, oh, so I'm nice. going to add this to the list right. <laughs> now. So going back to Spencer before I was, you know, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Sentenced to death. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, so they were some of the criticisms. And, and the final criticism for me was there was literally no story I found. Right. I found that the film was ultimately exploring um, Diana's hardships, um, her battle with mental health hardships in particular. And I think that's extremely valid to explore. But I just didn't feel like there was like kind of like a story. Right. Like, do you get what I mean? Like, yeah, it yeah. was just exploring this one concept and I felt also that what happens is when you explore someone's mental health hardships only you take away from that person's holistic personality and you reduce them to their mental health issues right and I think that's a really dangerous and reductionist thing to do and I think that that's what this film did now I'm going to say if anyone wants to learn about Diana one of the best documentaries that I have personally ever seen is Diana in her own words. Right. This is on Netflix and I love this documentary so much. Like 
it, I felt so emotional after watching it and it was just beautiful. Everything about it was like so interesting and engaging um, and I think authentic to Diana herself. Mm. So if you do want to gain an insight into this woman, yeah, that's where you go, I think. Very good. Okay, well, I'm, I'm still going to watch it. Just so that okay. I can uh, argue with you afterwards. Okay. Well, you're not going to because you're going to agree with me. I know you'll agree. Do you know what's funny you... is that yeah, your go. criticism is the same criticism that I gave for Don't Look Up and you threw that out the window. Okay. But that's because I disagreed with 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 that interpretation of the film. Okay. Fair enough. We won't get, back, we get... Won't get back into that. Uh, no, I mean, we will after the podcast. Sure, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> <No>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, but look, um, but I appreciate your criticisms for Don't Look Up, and I think that um, it's not the first time that I've heard those similar critiques about that as well, so I do think it is a valid criticism. All right. Okay, so I'm going to go with a positive to... Uh... Mm-hmm. Balance out <laughs> negative barrage. <laughs> Um, this is a film that you also watched in the last month. Ooh, okay. Uh, another round. <gasps> That's my positive. No, you've got that as a positive as well. Okay, fantastic. Stop we... taking my movie. No, hey, I suggested it to you. <laughs> All right. If it, Where's the proof? If it wasn't for Hi. me, if it wasn't for me, you never would have seen it, and you never would have been able to see that fantastic okay, dance you, number. Okay, how do you know? Because I just know. Okay, okay, go on. So, just quickly, um, Another Round is um, a film directed by Thomas Winterberg. Um, and it stars Mads, Mik- Mads Mikkelsen, uh, who is in a lot of Hollywood movies. He usually plays the villain in a lot of movies. He played Hannibal and he was, a, I think, a Bond villain and stuff like that. So, um, he's well known. And um, uh, the premise of the film is basically four teachers uh, read a thing that says, you know, uh, that humans are, you know, they're, they're lacking in alcohol level or something. Right? Mm, 0.5% deficiency. That's right. They've got 0.5% dif- uh, alcohol deficiency. And to, uh, like, be at your optimal best, you need to just maintain a 0.5 alcohol level at all times. <laughs> <laughs> so these four teachers think, okay... Let's just drink all the time and see what happens. And not going to give anything away, but obviously, with the, as you would expect, uh, the, the plot isn't very like unpredictable or anything. The plot is very predictable. The, the, the real the greatness in the film comes from the stuff that comes from the plot, I guess. Mm. And um, as you would expect, it starts okay, and then it... Uh, it goes a little pear-shaped um and it's just fantastic it's Mm. so like like there's such some weird vibe to it like it's not there's like a weird happiness but sad vibe it's almost like he's directed a film that makes you feel like you're drinking alcohol even though we've never drunk alcohol like what i would imagine (laughs) what i would imagine it would be like you know what i mean yeah it's so strange and it's fantastic and that dance number at the end is just amazing the song that they chose it's just great like it's such a perfect film uh yeah it's it's amazing so yeah that's my two cents on it you can you can go (laughs) 
No, uh, like I definitely share every thought that you had on that film. Um, and what I would say though, and maybe this is a point where we, we might disagree is I didn't find the movie very funny and I actually found the film quite difficult to watch. I thought it was a very, um, emotionally difficult film to absorb and witness Mm. because the film is ultimately exploring, um, the lives of these four men and it's a very intimate exploration of their life Mm. and more specifically the hardships that they're all going through. Like all four of these men share one thing in common. They, they feel like their life is lacking. Um, yeah. And that's why they're resorting to alcohol. Yeah. And so it is actually quite da- dark. You yeah, know? it is. Um, it is. It is quite dark. I, I didn't really um, find it yeah. that funny either. But um. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like there's definitely lighthearted moments. Like I loved the scene where they're drunk and they're grocery shopping. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm just like I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but in oh, general. Oh not in the dunya because you, you, you Dean over dunya. You were definitely. I think I when I recommended this film to you, I said that if you were allowed to drink, you would hundred percent be these guys. I would yeah. all four of them at all at once. All at once. Oh no. <laughs> and um, can I just say, I absolutely adored the relationship between Specs and Tommy. Oh yeah. It was, and the part where he's just like, let Specs drink from your drink. He's like, no, yeah. you let him drink from your drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Specs, what a cute name. It's because he wears glasses. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was such a wholesome film, but it was a very dark and very tender movie to watch, yeah. especially that part towards the end where we find out what happens to Tommy. Yeah. That scene, I was like, wow, like this is... Like, this is subhanAllah. They, like, this is going to take me a couple of days to process. Yeah, they really, like, um, they they did everything. He did everything really subtly. Uh, mm. Nothing. You talk about the exposition in Spencer. Uh, there was none of that really in this film. Uh, mm. I think my favorite scene, the scene that kind of, like, woke me up and was like, oh, my God, this is the kind of movie it's going to be, was that first dinner that they have. And, <gasps> and, and, um, Mads Mikkelsen's character, I forget the names of everybody, but the main the main character, Mads mm. Mikkelsen's character, he kind of just, like, breaks down in front of his friends and, you know. Mm. That's just like, oh, my God. Like, this is the film it's going to be? My God. Like, mm. and it was just, it was fantastic. That was such a good scene. Yeah. Did you feel like that scene was very authentic? Like, do you feel like it's a scene where so many people, perhaps in that age range, can relate to? I think so. I think... Definitely. Um, mm. Particularly people that have maybe been working in the one job for a very long time and they feel like they're maybe a bit stagnant, that mm. there's not much going on or whatever. So, yeah, I think 100%. Mm. Yeah. I agree with you on that film. And also, that scene was so powerful um, because it's like when he was so down and his friends are cheering him up. Yeah. Do you know, like, it is such a... Like, the film is such a beautiful story about adult friendship yeah. and how that grows um, with these adult trials and tribulations. And they get him up, you know, they cheer him up and they're saying all these great things about him. Yeah. Like, you know, when you used to dance. Yeah. And, like, it was, that was a very special I, I love how they set up the dancing thing because they keep telling him, come yeah. on, dance. And he's like, he mm. never does. Even when they're all drunk and everything, and he mm. just he still never does. And then at the end, and I was just like, oh. This is fantastic. 
the uh, moment we've been waiting for. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, rec- I recommend it to everybody. I think you can rent it on YouTube, right? Uh, no, it's for free on SBS. Oh, really? Okay, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think I rented yeah. it on YouTube, so there you go. Okay. <laughs> I paid. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I paid money for it. All right. Uh, you should get that money back. Yeah. So that's your positive. That's one of your positives as well, is it? Yeah. Okay. So fantastic. what's the saying? Two, one stone, two birds. Is that the saying? Uh, yeah. Exactly. Okay, there we go. Yeah, two, uh, two birds with one stone. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Okay, okay, good work. Uh, okay, do you want to do another negative or do you want to do one of your uniquely positive films? Okay, I am going to do a positive film. Okay. I'm going to um, say Scream 1. Ah, um, okay. Scream. Okay, so I'm going to say Scream 1 um, two and five. Okay, you I'm can't just going pick to... three films. But they're kind one... of like the same. That's not all right. Well, I'll, <sighs> okay. I'll allow it. I'll allow. It. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you allow it? <laughs> you can't just ditch. <laughs> I'm the judge of this podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> um. So I'm gonna. Okay. Thank you for granting me special leave. Okay. Sure. So. Look, the reason why I'm selecting all three of them is because they are so repetitive. Right. And they're literally the same movie. I can't believe you binged the entire Scream. But. All the Scream. He's a (laughs) caveat. No, he's a a caveat. First of all, I haven't watched all of them yet. Okay. But the reason why they are literally the same thing is because the director or the franchise is, is saying like, Horror movies are the same. Yeah, I've, okay? heard, I've heard about this. So I haven't seen the Scream <laughs> movies, but I've heard that yeah. it's like, it's it the whole, the whole thing, they're all like almost like making fun or making commentary of mm. horror movies and uh, franchise movies and that kind of stuff. Mm. Is that? That's exact, okay. exactly, right. like 10 out of 10. Yeah. And that's why I love it so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm so like, yes! <laughs> if we want you to watch Macca's Cinema, we just need to put in that Macca's Cinema something making fun of itself. Yes! And you'll watch it. Oh, my God. Yeah, because that's intelligent. <laughs> okay? I like intelligence. Oh, my Right? God. Marvel is not intelligent. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, can I just say, yeah. I love, love, love Scream. Yeah. And because it's just so sarcastic and dark-humoured and funny and very um, aware of th- the things that horror f- filmmakers um, consistently present to an audience. And it's, it's effectively saying, look, we're tired of the horror genre because of X, Y, Z. Horror genre could be something so powerful. It could be something so intelligent and creative and artistic. Mm. But as a result of filmmakers within this space who keep on falling into the traps of these same, you know, horror traditions, we're unable to present to people these pieces of artwork. And it is for that reason that I really admire this film but also because it has great entertainment value. Fair enough. Um, it's fun. <laughs> look, it's at you, look at you liking entertainment value all of a sudden. Okay. I <laughs> actually have to say one thing on this one, and I won't make it long, okay, all right? Okay. But 
I realized that I have been watching a lot of very intense movies lately. I know. Like very emo. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I, you do. I that. think maybe your third positive <laughs> might be one of them. Is it? Maybe. Ooh, I am don't I, know. Am I guessing correctly? <laughs> Who knows? All right. <laughs> oh, <man>. um, <laughs> so I've been watching a lot of intense films, and can I just say? Yeah. Tadkovsky's Stalker, that just knocked off the final jelly bean in my brain. Right. Is that, is that <laughs> your third positive, by the way? Who knows? Okay, oh, who duh. knows? <laughs> um, so, and I, I actually had to, like, pull myself aside and, like, listen, Beto. You can't keep doing this to yourself. You need to enjoy life. You need to watch you a Marvel know? movie. I need to watch... No, I would rather... No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was like, you are young, you are happy, you know, go enjoy your life. <laughs> and so, um, so I have actually changed my perspective. I do believe that films with entertainment value are a lot more valuable than I originally thought. There you go. Um, yes, that is true. <laughs> and honestly, About Time has actually made me realize how much needed films like that are in you know, in my life as a film enthusiast, yeah. because like I haven't watched like a funny movie like that in a really long time. The last time I watched a movie like that was some like I don't know, maybe September last year, right. and it was Emma. Right. Um, okay. So like, sorry, I, excuse I me, feel... don't compare okay. Emma to. Hang on. Time. Okay, please. Hang on. Have some okay, respect. First... <laughs> sir, sir. <laughs> So listen to me. You have not seen this film. You've watched like five minutes yeah, of it. Yeah, and it was that bad. Which but, by is the way, illegal. The only reason illegal. I actually kept watching for five minutes is because it has the same guy, the dad, in about yes. time. That's the only reason I kept watching for more okay, than for five minutes. Yeah, please. Like you. Okay. Oh no, I'm not going to get into right, that. We'll, we'll, no, we'll move on. I'll talk about this after the podcast. We'll move on. We'll move on. Okay. I've got to do a negative. We're going on a bit long here, but let's let's are, let's try sorry. speed this up. We gotta we gotta. Okay, that's true. <laughs> Maybe we've... if we record in one point two five. Oh my god! <laughs> All right. So my first negative is House of Gucci. Mm, uh, I saw that one coming. It was so bad. My god, it was so bad. So House of Gucci is about the Gucci's and how. Um, well, it, it's basically just a family drama thing, and mm. it's got Jared Leto with one of his many bad performances. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I always say <laughs> that joke registered like in a delayed oh, fashion. Oh my god, he's just like. <sighs> You know, he's just, like, so bad in everything he's in. Like, the only mm. bad part of Blade Runner 2049 is Jared Leto. The okay. the only, like, the only good, I always say, the only good thing he's ever been in was when he gets beaten up in Fight Club. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> okay, that's a strong statement. I'm telling you. The, uh, what's it called? Uh, Mark Kermode, who's a, who's a film critic. Uh, quite a good film mm. critic, actually. Um, he's got a couple podcasts and stuff if people want to check him out. But, um... <clears throat> He uh, he he calls his performance in House of Gucci like a, a deflating whale, because that's the wow. sound that he makes. He he when he tries to do his Italian voice, he does like a ah ah, and it sounds like uh, a deflating whale. Oh 
but it's so like it's so cringe and so bad like he's just terrible and he's gonna get nominated for a bunch of awards because that's how stupid awards are and yeah look al pacino actually turns in quite a reserved performance which is um which is good um Lady Gaga and Adam Driver. Sorry, I can't. I can't buy their accents. That everyone's doing an Italian accent, and I can't buy a single accent. Yeah, it's okay. it's all terrible. And the movie was boring as hell. Like okay. it just it, it it's almost three hours long. It could have been like an hour and twenty minutes and still been bad. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's just it was a complete disaster. I hated it. I don't know what Ridley Scott is doing these days, but man, jeez. That was bad. So, yeah. You should send him this podcast. (laughs) We should. Ridley Scott, mate. So, the funny thing is, is that I also watched Alien uh, this year for the first time, and I loved it. Uh, So, like... Is that your positive? uh, No, it's not my official positive. It's a a little honourable mention, but there you go. It's an unofficial positive. Yeah, it's an unofficial positive. There you go. Uh, So, yeah, House of Gucci, absolutely terrible. Yeah. Anyway, okay. your next right. negative, or do you want to do your third positive? I'll do a negative. All right. Okay. So I'm going to say French Dispatch. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm, I'm down with this. I watched this okay. last year, but I'm down with this. Yeah. Okay. Look, French Dispatch. Okay. We'll start with the positive, okay? It was very visually beautiful yeah. um, in a lot of the scenes. Mm-hmm. There was... Look, Wes Anderson, he is a master at unnatural symmetry. Yes. Like, this man is obsessed yeah, he... with symmetry, okay? <laughs> I just, you know what? I wish he'd actually try to do something else. I want to see something else. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> because That's an interesting It point. feels like he's getting caught up in himself at the moment. Oh, uh, okay. It, it feels like almost like, uh, you know how, sorry, <clears throat> You know how, like, um, when someone makes a Marvel film and they're forced to kind of, doesn't matter which director or filmmaker it is, they're Mm. kind of forced to follow the formula. Mm. And it feels like Wes Anderson is too strictly following his own formula. His own code. Yeah, and it feels like Wes Anderson is an IP Mm. himself Mm. at the moment. And, and, And... and to be honest, like I actually love the three or four previous films to this one that he's made, okay. but I feel like this yeah. is the one where it's like, all right, mate, settle down, uh, <laughs> because it honestly, like, I will let you talk about it because it's your negative, but no, no, it feels like it's him going, ah, oh, guys, remember that Grand Budapest movie that I that I made that you all loved and it was so good and mm. funny and everything. How about I just do it again but different? <laughs> a little bit different yeah it's oh man it, okay. i was really disappointed yeah go Very anyway interesting. go ahead <laughs> um okay so i'm inclined to accept that and also just but with a little slight kind of like perspective on it okay. so i completely agree with you that it's wes anderson being wes anderson yeah on like high um so but i think that that's also what he's trying to achieve because Look, a, a lot of film um, commentators, and myself included, this is his sole piece. Like, this film is him being him 
max at maximum do you know and the film is ultimately about this man's love letter to magazine like he loves magazines yeah. which anderson does and he he dedicates this whole film to this dying art form um and so and he does it at full wes anderson mode yeah you know um, i thought this was supposed to be your negative <laughs> It, but it is, but that that is a negative to me. Right. Okay. Um, it's a negative to me because first of all, I don't share his love for magazines. <laughs> I care less about magazines. Same. Okay. <laughs> don't I don't even read magazines, <laughs> and I'm not going to start. Um, and secondly, like I I completely agree with you in the sense that it's nice when directors do something different. Yeah. You know, it's nice when they go out of their comfort zone. And I feel like Wes Anderson didn't do that in this film. And, like, I love it when film directors, when you expect something from them, but they give you something different. It shows their, um, how, like, multi-talented they are. Yeah. So, it, this, but, this, yeah. Sorry, this kind of reminds yeah. me of when, when Nolan made Tenet. Mm, it feels like yeah. we were all... It's a very similar thing. Like, we go into the French Dispatch expecting a certain thing, and we got exactly that, and we came out disappointed. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. same thing with Tenet. Like, we're expecting to go in and have this weird timey-wimey bullshit plot, <laughs> right? And we go in, we get exactly that, and we come out disappointed, right? Uh, okay. And so I think it's exactly that. And that's actually... Uh, kind of off topic but similar sort of on topic no as no, well. no it's very connected yeah very I, connected. I'm, I'm excited as well for nolan's next film oppenheimer because it's based on a true okay. thing and hopefully he doesn't do some timey-wimey bullcrap so <laughs> so i don't know how you could in that context of a real story so tenant times two. Oh my god so yeah uh oh god. i feel like it's a similar kind mm. of similar thing where it's almost like you audiences start to expect a certain thing and they keep playing into it and they mm. it ends up not being great and actually that's one of the reasons I love I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because okay. uh, before Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out everyone was like oh this is this film is going to be the closest uh to pulp fiction that Tarantino has made since pulp fiction and I was kind of thinking what's the point we already have pulp fiction um, and it, it ended up not being like pop fiction at all, and mm. I loved it. And so yeah. I, I, I kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't like when, it, it, like, I don't know if they're deliberately doing it, but it feels like a, a, the filmmaker is playing to an audience, and that makes it mm. uh, ingenuine. I think so. Yeah. Mm. No, definitely. Like, oh, see, it's. Okay, I'm not going to go, because there's so much that could be said about all of this, and there's so much we can, like, so many directions we can take this conversation, yeah. but for the interests of time, I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> um, although I do I do think that the points you've raised are very valid, um, and they're definitely, uh, like, points that I would agree with in relation to um, French Dispatch. Yeah. And another thing that I would also say, like, just to sunset this commentary on French Dispatch is um, the biggest criticism... I found was I didn't like that it was divided into little stories, if I'm being honest. Yeah, neither did I. Um, yeah, I just felt like I wasn't able to build a relationship with the characters Same. and get to know them. Yeah. And that's important yeah. in storytelling. Like, you can't enjoy a film if you can't build a subjective connection with the people on the screen. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It, that, yeah, so that's all I'll say about that. Now, 
What's your? Would you like to have a negative or a positive? Um, I'll go with a positive. Uh, okay. And I'm going to pick Days of Heaven. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> this is the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, for I had been, uh, you know, berating me to watch Days of Heaven. <laughs> Uh, for a long time. How dare you use my name in a pun? Oh, yeah, sorry. I didn't even mean that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I finally watched it. And it's Terrence Malick's debut film back in, mm. I think, 1979 or something it was made. And Terrible. and my God, it's visually stunning. It is just... It is. It's, it's amazing. Um, it's fantastic. And... It was really, it was really sad. It was really emotional, uh, and it just felt like such a vibe. And Ooh. I, I kind of just like didn't really care what happened with the story. I just wanted to be on that farm forever. Wow! And yeah, it was great. I, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, so so glad to hear this. <laughs> you know, like I'm so happy. Okay. <laughs> So moving on from the happiness, um, so this film um, is known for the way Terence Malick manipulates or delivers and executes sound. Right. Um, the best part of this film, yes, it's visually beautiful, mm. but it's so famous and it was received um, really well at its time because of the sound in terms of the soundtrack, but also in terms of the narrator right? Yeah. Um, and the narration. Like the film... Um, is narrated by this young girl who she's young but it's as if she's like 80 years old and she's lived this long life and she's narrating this film like in such a jaded way like she's indifferent she's given up and i was like wow i love the contrast and talk about Mm. the actual the score uh it was it was (gasps) uh ennio morricone who he's a famous uh uh he's a famous um What's like a composer? Uh, mm-hmm. He did all the uh, the Sergio Leone spaghetti westerns and stuff, you know, like Good, the Bad, mm-hmm. and Ugly, and Once Upon a Time mm-hmm. in the West, and all those famous ones, right? Like he's super famous, and uh, I think his last, his final score was uh, the Hateful Eight for Tarantino. Interesting. Yeah, and that that I felt, don't like that movie. I know, but that's the <laughs> I, uh, that's the only time that Tarantino got a composer to do a score for him. Like, usually he just uses okay. songs. Oh, uh, I didn't know like that. Like, he does his own soundtracks and stuff just by using songs and, you know, uh, like, usually pop songs and that kind of stuff, and it's great. But that was the only time, okay. and the score in that movie was great as well. But anyway, the the music in this film was just mm. fantastic, and, um, mm. yeah, I loved it. Yeah, okay. No, that's so good. Uh, honestly, um, I want to watch Badlands. Yeah. Because I think that it's connected to this. I want to I wanna get way. into the rest of Tens Malik's work. Uh, it's yeah. been... It, uh, it's it's enough time now. I've got to get into mm. it. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. So, um, you have one positive left and one negative mm-hmm. left. Okay. Which one do you want to s- do? Uh, all right, I'll do a positive as well. Okay. Um, so, I'm going to choose West Side Story. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Okay, so I I really enjoyed this film um, for 
two main reasons. One of them is I found it to be very visually beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the I've said this previously, but the way that a director uses color is very important to me. And the way that Steven Spielberg used color in this film, he used it so beautifully to tell the story. Like what I, so West Side Story, the, the color palette of that film, like the cool tones, mm. that is the color palette that I look for in a good movie. Yeah. Um, it's just very moody and the lighting is, you know, it's very dim, but not so dim, like that you can't see much. Right. Yeah. And then there are scenes with really vibrant colors, like contrasted together, especially in the scenes where they're like, they're dancing at those parties and they're wearing all these beautiful, you know, colored costumes, um, against like kind of dim, dimly lit places. Yeah. So that was a huge, um, like positive for me about that film, but also like, it is a powerful story about, yes, it is a love story. Yes, it is a, you know, a romantic story in one sense, but also not so much in the other when, you know, the the shopkeeper is like, um, <laughs> you know, like you don't want to ask her out for coffee, yeah. you know, like she's, she's making a joke about, obviously about, you know, the romantic genres and how people just like see someone and they're like, oh yeah, I'm in love now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, calm down, Hagrid. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It was, <laughs> it was a weird experience watching it. Like mm-hmm. I didn't, I still don't know what to think about it really. Um, okay. Because I'd never seen the original and I still haven't seen the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, going in that it's going to be the like, Visually, it's going to be amazing because it's Spielberg. Mm, yeah. And it's an opportunity to do almost like a theatre film uh, mm. because obviously it's it's been like a, 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 it's been in theatres for ever since it was made as a play. Um, and so, you know, the opportunity was there and Spielberg was obviously going to nail it. Um, but like, I just, like, I find it so weird. Like, some of, like, the decisions okay. characters made in the film is just so dumb and weird. I was like, what the heck is going on here? Like what? <laughs> like, everything. Like, okay. you know what I mean? Like, in terms of that, mm. the whole, the entire relationship. Um, mm-hmm. It was intense. I forget, I forget the names of the characters. But, like, if someone just murdered your brother, I doubt you're yeah. going to go run away with them. Yeah. I don't, I don't okay, care so who you are kind of thing, you know? That, yeah, see that... Okay, see, this is a really great um, space for discussion because after the film, I asked um, Jury and Bridget what they would do if they were in that situation and both of them had different answers. Okay. So, um, like, okay, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably turn him into the cops. I'd just be like, what the heck, man? Like, we would... It was... What are you doing? Everything was going well. You screwed it up. Yeah, I know. Like, what are you doing? I thought you just went to prison. You just, like, you're just talking about, like, the entire time is like, oh, you know, I came so close Mm. to killing a guy and I was like, you know, Mm. I'm never going to get involved in that situation again. And then he just goes and stabs him. And it's like, what the heck? What's going on? But, you know, like, that's, but that's, that's exactly the reaction that Steven Spielberg and the film wants from us. The film is ultimately showing us or raising this question, like, can people make a sustainable change in their life if they are living in an environment where this kind of crime exists? And I believe that Spielberg is saying no. And we see that through the example of Tony, right? And also like the the woman, I forget her name, um, she, 
like through her we like she goes with him because this is a person who is suffering from a crisis of identity and belonging like she doesn't know who she is and she and this is a trauma response like the reason why she chooses to be with him despite him literally murdering someone um is because it, it it's shedding light on what what traumatized people do right. and the decisions that they make mm-hmm. and how unhealthy their choices can be because it is an unhealthy choice yeah Alrighty, i enjoyed it as well um okay is it a positive for you though uh no it's not one of my positives uh i've got a few other positives should i do a second i'll do a second negative first though i think so too i'm only going to spend 30 seconds on this film because that's all it deserves shoot okay i watched titanic for the first time (laughs) (laughs) and in every possible way you can imagine it is pure garbage um maybe i don't even need to say any more than that it's 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 terrible it's completely terrible. <laughs> Why didn't he just swim around in circles? That would keep him warm. Is he dumb? Anyway. No, because it's is it's trying to show us the the gap between the rich and the poor. Like yeah. he dies. Do yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's but like the way they show it is stupid because he could have just okay. swum around. Like what's wrong? Yeah. Anyway. Um <laughs> I mean, I feel like a lot of people can't think logically in a really high-pressure environment. You know what? So. Well, they're stupid. I, I, okay. I would have survived. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, that's all I'm going to say on that film. That's my second negative. Uh, and I'll do a third negative quickly, and then, yep. and then we'll do go it. to your negative, and then my final positive. Okay. Okay. This, sure. this is kind of a harsh negative. Um, I watched Gangs of New York. Uh, which is a Scorsese film uh, from the early 2000s. And it's fine, uh, but it felt like a bit of a nothing film. Like, I finished watching it and Mm. thought to myself, like, what was the point of this film? I can see some of the things you were trying to say, but I can think of a million ways that you could have said it better. And it feels just like a bit of a pointless film. And... I don't know. It's just like if it wasn't for Daniel Day-Lewis being Daniel Day-Lewis in the film, then it just would have been completely boring. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just really disappointing. I don't think I've watched another Scorsese film that I've not enjoyed that much, as much as this one. Uh, So yeah, like... I don't know. It was just a weird film. Like it, it, it went on for way too long. It was just kind of. It felt like it was just really loud in your face the entire time. Right. And yeah, I don't know. I didn't like it that much. Like you mean the story or the sound or literally? Uh, no, no, no. Like uh, actually, kind of the visuals. Actually, like okay. the, the entire thing. I'm not, you haven't seen it, have you? No. Okay. So. I actually watched ten minutes and I got bored and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know if you, like. You know, the first 10 minutes, there's just, like, a lot of people everywhere. (laughs) That's the entire film. Uh, Like, there's never really, like, a quiet moment. There's just always, Uh, like, a hundred people in shot at all times. And it's like, can you just, like, stop? (laughs) (laughs) Also, you're an introvert, too, so you're like, God! (laughs) There's so many people, and there's just, it's like, constantly, like, if there's one thing that I got out of the film, it's like, my God, America is cooked. Like, there's just, in every single shot, 
almost there's just always someone punching someone or stabbing someone or shooting someone and right. like it's like can this film just settle down a little bit it's, okay it's called gangs of i New knew York. i know that but it's just a bit much all right like <laughs> like that's my favorite line it's oh my just God. a bit much yeah it's just a bit much all right. okay all right anyway that's my third negative um, Fair enough. what's your third negative Okay, Chung King Express by Wong Kar Wai. Oh, you're going so, like against. You're going against. I know. Oh my god! All right. This actually hurts doing this, <laughs> if I'm being honest, because I really, really like Wong Kar Wai, <laughs> and I love In the Mood for Love. <laughs> Look, I reckon In the Mood for Love is my favorite movie. Hey, don't spoil! Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna cut that out of the nah, podcast. <laughs> There'll be like this empty don't, silence. Don't spoil the top ten. All right. Okay, I take that back. Today's actually opposite day. Okay. <laughs> um, so I was, I was being an opposite person. <laughs> so, um, hey, there's a lot of time till that. I could change my mind. All right, um, so I was really disappointed. So Wonka Wai, what makes me really like him as a director is his ability to create literal moving pieces of poetry mm-hmm. and i just felt like this this chunking experience one of the reasons why i didn't enjoy it as much is because it was divided into two separate stories they the two like literally like the first half was about two people and the second half was about another two people right um and i just oh, i don't like that <laughs> uh, honestly i don't like that i i just feel like it's disruptive you know like when you're having a great like time and all of a sudden everything just turns into a different direction yeah. and you're like oh i don't enjoy that yeah. <laughs> um i like that when, was one of i my, like yeah. when things adjust slightly because that's kind of nice but if mm. a film almost like completely changes into a different film halfway through that's kind of dumb it does. yeah and it does. A, a film well, that okay uh, yeah yeah continue sorry no, no, no. I, I, look, I just just in the interests of fairness and justice. Right. Although the characters change and the storylines change, the themes are still the same. Right. So the themes are still about, um, you know, melancholy, like hopeless love, um, sadness, like navigating personal trauma. Okay. So that's that that's kind of the thing that glues both narratives. Right. But I want to be able to develop like a greater connection with like, the characters that I was introduced to. Right. And you can't do that when you, like, cut a film yeah. in two bits. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. It kind of goes back to the French Dispatch thing where it's like... Uh, yeah, that's if right. You, you're kind of just getting attached to a character or characters and then all of a sudden, mm. okay, bye-bye characters. Laters. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So, all right. That, why, well, all right. Why? 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 Exactly. <laughs> That is right. But but in saying that, like, I do believe um, it's still... Like, I watched it with Jury, and she said it was in her top five. Oh. Um, yeah, so she really liked it. Okay. Um, and I can understand why she really liked it as well, because, like, it is, like, visually stunning, and it's so funny. Like, there were some scenes <laughs> that I... No, we'll see. Like, I was laughing for a solid five minutes, and I was trying to be quiet. How can you put this in your negative if you're laughing for a solid five minutes? That's, like, okay, automatically, because, like... 
No, 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 no. Because look, it's not that I hate the film. Okay, right? you're Remember, just a like, bit disappointed. Podcast, All right, I'm disappointed enough. in the film. Okay, you know enough. when you you really appreciate a director and they produce like something that was like, what the hell, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it was one of those. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. All right, on to you. Your last last film. Okay, uh, I'm going to choose Sydney Lumet's Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, okay. Okay, so. Up until now, I'd only ever seen one Sidney Lumet film, and it was 12 Angry Men, uh, yep. which, spoiler alert, is my favorite film of all time. Okay, and I don't like that movie. What? Sorry, that's that's <laughs> not fair. You do like the movie, you just don't like it as much as I do. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. See? Yeah, there you go. Just because you're a lawyer okay. and you think you know how <laughs> juries work and stuff, all right? All right, anyway. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Dog Day Afternoon. Uh, quick premise. These guys rob a bank and then somehow get tipped off to the police and it ends up being a hostage situation mm. where they're holding the staff of the bank inside the bank and there's all the police outside and it's like a huge hostage situation. And uh, apparently this actually happened, by the way. It's a it's a true story. Mm-hmm. Um okay. And I don't want to spoil it too much for you, although it's like 50 years old. So, I mean, I feel like it's a bit past spoilers. Uh, but I think you will really like this film. Okay. Uh, I, think, sure. I think you'll really like it. Uh, it, it starts as just like a, a, bank robbery, a bank robbery or a hostage film or whatever. By the way, it's Al Pacino. Uh, and <laughs> I think that's important. Um, okay. And then it becomes like this... Almost like it, it completely changes tone because the people, like the general public, start to side with him against the police. Because apparently, um, in the context of the film, apparently there was like some police shooting just a bit before the events of the film. And then uh, it was at a place called Attica. And that's like okay. the famous the, the famous lines of the film is like he comes out when he's negotiating with the police and stuff. Mm. He starts yelling to the street, Attica, Attica, and all the crowd starts yelling with him. Oh, and wow. it's just like, okay. it's amazing. Like it's, it's chilling. Mm. It's chilling. And okay. yeah, I can't recommend it enough. It's really, really good. Um, it'll certainly make, it'll certainly be a contender for my top 10. Okay. Um, I don't know if I don't know if it'll get it'll get there, but I might have to watch it again. It's really good. It's very watchable as well. Uh, Al Pacino is just very watchable, uh, and it's young Al Pacino, and he's just at the top of his game in this movie. And yeah, everyone really is. It's fantastic. Uh, it's yeah, I loved it. It was good. It was great. So yeah, okay. that's that's my final positive. I think. Um, so before we conclude this podcast, okay. do we have any honourable mentions? Uh, I think I already mentioned Alien, right? Okay, so any more? Alien. Uh, let's see. Let's see. What else have I watched? What have you? What's your? Uh, what are some of your honourable mentions? Okay, um, I'm gonna say Nightmare Alley. Okay, I haven't watched it yet. I was gonna watch it last night, but I went bowling instead. Okay, okay, that's <laughs> not acceptable. Uh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, so, yeah, go on. I assume you're going to say Stalker. I am going to say Stalker, that's correct. Okay. Um, and I didn't say, so the reason why I didn't say that it was in one of my positives is because I 
look, it's an intense movie. It really and is. I'm, and I'm not at a stage where I can have that at my positive. Yeah. But maybe later on in life, I can have that as my positive. Can we just talk about the ending quickly? Uh, oh, and and okay. I'll just say a quick spoiler alert for anybody that wants to watch Stalker. No one's going to watch Stalker. I don't think they are. Yeah, they're not going to watch Stalker. It's but just, too, like, it's, indie. Yeah, it's too weird. And it's too long for people. It's too slow. It's too Russian. Okay, but uh, I love all of that. <laughs> the Russian part? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. You're like Russians are, like, um, hardcore intense. Like, I know, man. <laughs> I hate... Super... Anyway, but I think... The reason I love well, my interpretation of the ending, at least, uh, mm-hmm. not in terms of the context of the film, but my interpretation of what yeah. I took away from the film, I guess, is mm-hmm. you're kind of waiting to see what's in this room, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like building up to it, building up to it. And then you come to the same conclusion the characters get to, which is like, who cares? And I don't want to yeah. go in there anyway. And yeah. I'm like... I'm satisfied. Like, there's like a satisfaction, even though it's like it's like disappointment of like, okay, well, we didn't get what we expected to get, but then like, again, like, who cares? And I kind of walked away from the film being just like, well, that was something, and (laughs) you know what I mean. And I don't really know what it was, but it was something, and I was like, okay, that was good. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I definitely had a very similar idea. Yeah. Um, like for me, the film is like everybody wants something so desperately. Okay. Yeah. And they will do like go to these really extreme extents, like literally risk their life sometimes to get what they want. Yeah. Um, and it's like, like the film is ultimately talking about contentment, in my um, opinion. It's like you know, like. Rather than going, like, literally, rather than torturing yourself and going through this really intense journey to this place that grants you wishes, yeah, why can't you just be satisfied with what you have and where you are? Yeah. And I I thought that was a really important point, but also at the end end... Oh, um, are you going to talk about the use of colour? Oh, I... Okay, no, I was going to talk... Oh, okay, okay, sorry. This might open a can of worms. Okay, it, we though. are going to go for... A, yeah, okay. Yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? We should probably... We'll talk about this off air. People don't care about Okay, sure. Okay, uh, all right, because this is... Okay, <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about this because this is one of the controversies around this film. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, I'll just give a quick couple honourable mentions. Uh, I watched True Grit. Uh, at the start of the year, I watched Rush, which is a pretty cool Formula One movie. Um, uh, I watched Lick- very, oh, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I watched Licorice Pizza. Actually, I don't know if you've seen that yet. Oh, uh, you've changed your perspective on it. Uh, no, it's. I, I never said it was bad. I said I don't know. And uh, okay, yeah. sure. No, but you kind of said you didn't like it because the characters were too impulsive. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think. I felt, but I think it took me a while to kind of get on board with the believability sure. of it all. Like I was kind of okay. like, this, th- these decisions they're making don't make sense. But then, as I thought about it afterwards, I was like, it's just because I would never ever do this in my wildest dreams, kind of thing. For now, or now, na- what do you mean? You might change no, and no. you might become like an INFP. No, no, no. And then uh, you'll start doing all this weird, impulsive stuff. No. Uh, King Richard was fantastic. Um, that's a really cool movie. Great Will Smith performance. Um, mm. And just 
was it yesterday or two days ago? I watched M. M okay. is a film made in, I think, 1933. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and it's a German film. And it's very famous, by the way. Um, You're traveling back in time. You're using the genes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Directed by Fritz Lang. And it's about a child murderer uh, who is so vile and wicked that uh, even the rest of the criminals in the city team up to track him down. Uh, Wow. And, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. It asks some very weird and strange, um, thought-provoking questions. Uh, and I thought it was very, very good. And some of the, some of the things that he does, that Fritz Lang does in the film, as in, from a director's point of view, is well ahead of its time. Like, phenomenal. Um, yeah. That, and also, I watched It's a Wonderful Life, which is a fun old classic with Jimmy Stewart being Jimmy Stewart, fantastic Jimmy Stewart. And that was very nice and fun and sad. So, yeah, that's some of my honourable <laughs> mentions. And uh, I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think so. I think we'd better end. We've been going for a while. Yeah. Um, but that's all right. This was fun. <laughs> I really like this episode. I like talking about Thank our you. favourite film. Anyway. I do too. I think it's a Do you know what? Maybe we can have, like, at the end of each month. Maybe. Oh. Maybe we'll do, like... Whenever we feel okay. like it, we'll be like the films we've watched. Wow, recently. look at you being all prospective. No, <laughs> oh my wow, god! Wow, look at you go. No, it's I don't just think because... you're an INTJ anymore. All right. Anyway, we're not going to open this discussion. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Um, make sure to like and you know follow the Subscribe. podcast on whatever platform you're listening on and uh, why you sell it listen i don't know i'm not a salesman okay do you want me to do it yeah you can go thanks everyone for watching and don't forget to like and subscribe we really love sharing our experiences with film with you and we'd like you to continue this journey with us tell your friends think tell your friends yeah come on bring a mate yeah <laughs> and, and, and i promise bry will be buying a better mic soon I will. Actually, I don't know if I should order it online or if I should go get the one I saw at JV Hi-Fi. You can do whatever you want. No, I can't. I need to decide because the one at JV Hi-Fi is pink and I like it. Okay, the one I think then. Online, okay. I think see. you just have to get the pink one then. Yeah, that's. I think so too. <laughs> I think the one online is better. So, oh. it's, look, it's... Well, yeah, so listen, I'm... we're not going to be able to see the pink microphone on a podcast, are we? It doesn't matter whether you can see it or not. It's about what I no, want. No, but it's about what I we want... can hear. Anyway, okay, thank you very much, everybody. <laughs> thank you so much for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>